Welcome to Attune and Align podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community of women who attune to the calling of their heart and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your own journey towards living a fulfilling life on your own terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Lita Malik. Dr. Lita Malik is a doctor of physical therapy with a board specialty in sports PT. She has worked with active individuals of all levels, from the novice athlete to the professional dancer, and firmly believes in treating the person as a whole and not just the injury, and that the mind and body are equally important through the injury recovery process. She currently serves as adjunct faculty member at a local DPT program. She's the PT guide on Athleta Well platform, and she runs her own virtual physical therapy practice. Lita, I'm so glad you're here on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Marissa. It's so good to see you. So good to see you. I'm so excited to catch up. Lita, I want to dive right in. I always just want to cut right to the chase. What was going on in your mind? What was going on in your apartment in March 2020 when you realized that you wouldn't be able to work with physical therapy patients in real life? Give us the insider's view, the behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, March 2020, I'd say about mid-March, up until then, I was working in an outpatient clinic, had my routine, I was working four like long days a week in San Francisco. Everything was predictable and it was, I liked it. I like, I'm a big fan of routine and I'm the person that will just be in the same spot unless something really shakes me up (laughs) and then I have to change. Hence this past job, which was like nearly four years in the same apartment I've been in since I was a grad student. (laughs) So I was, content and I was fine. I was like reflecting at certain points. People had been telling me throughout my last year leading up to it that like, you should ultimately start your own practice one day. You should do this, you do that. And I said, no, you know, I'm fine. I don't have the time. I like it here. This works for me. I'm, this is where I'm at. And then the pandemic hit and clinic doors, including our own had to shut down for a short period of time. Clinics were downsizing. No one was hiring there was a whole standstill in the physical therapy world, which is really where, in terms of where I'm at being outpatient physical therapy, which is your typical like ortho knee, back, shoulder pain, that kind of thing. Historically, that's been a very secure field. It's physical therapy. It's never like difficult to find work. It's usually something that's very great job security, which draws a lot of people to it, flexibility and job security. But at this moment, when clinic doors closed and we waited patiently, It didn't look like our clinic was opening back anytime soon. I was going to be called back anytime soon. I started looking around for a plan B just in case, because, you know, pandemic, no one was thinking at that point. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I applied to like 
eight or nine different jobs, which historically would have turned into eight or nine different interviews, but mm-hmm. like one up and it was just, sorry, we're downsizing. Like we don't have the patience. We don't have the workflow. And so it was like pretty jarring to like be on filing for unemployment with a doctorate degree with something mm-hmm. I and I studied for and I figured I would never have to worry about this. And here I am like late 20s trying to figure this out. So after waiting for some time, after no luck with some jobs, and I was still open to working somewhere, anywhere, but about like, actually two weeks after that, I started offering free virtual sessions was my first dip into that. And it was for essential workers. And that was mainly driven by the fact that I have a lot of friends that were on the front lines of the pandemic as nurses, as doctors, and and people that worked in the hospital, even my inpatient friends who are physical therapists. But I felt like I was on the sidelines and there was only so much I could do. And I felt like as a healthcare provider, I had to do more. And so that drove me to jump on LinkedIn, offer a banner saying, put a post, post a banner saying I'm offering free virtual sessions for any essential workers to help keep you moving so that you can care for people. I Took, the first step I did was to take my, get my own liability insurance just to like cover that because I didn't really know how everything worked. I just know I wanted to be protected. And then from there, fast forward four weeks of continued waiting period, nothing. Started my Instagram, started a, my, I pulled the trigger on, on the website first and my business. And to lead up to that, I went to a park, again, mid waiting period pandemic. I had free visits for essential workers. People were saying, do it. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. Started thinking about what I could offer virtually because I knew I wasn't going to see people in person. Decided to just do it, try to make some money on the meantime so I can help myself and figure out something. And that turned into creating a website and linking an Instagram to it because that's what the website offered. I didn't think to do Instagram to do Instagram. I just I was like, oh, right. I should link it to something. Maybe I should make an Instagram page for it. In terms of like, that was my approach was just like a business page. So it was going to be really typical, like picture and like motivational caption and whatever. But then I started sharing some tips on Instagram. Then I started saying, sharing ways of my treatment style. I said, oh, this is a great way to showcase my, my style of approach without having the referral source and that kind of thing. So that slowly started to grow more and more. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do Instagram. And so then I dove like head first. If I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. I'm not someone to half-ass something. And I'm certainly not someone to half-ass something and then complain about half-ass results. If I'm going to get half the outcome, then I should expect to do half the work. But I wanted to see really how far I can do this if I do it the right way. So I'm the person that will read all the directions, study what I have to do, and then go. I don't like jump in not knowing anything. That's my least favorite. I like to be somewhat prepared. So I was studying Instagram. I was Google searching. I learned everything, everything. I was just, just overflow of like, I'm an entrepreneur and I have to figure all this out. I learned the difference between branding, marketing, advertising, which in my pre-PT mind, it was all one thing. Obviously it is not. <laughs> learned what search engine optimization was. Never, ever was exposed to the term before. <laughs> so slowly started to learn everything, learn how to get my name on there, all the business stuff, how to, how to build an online presence, not just on Instagram, but with a website and all of that. And so fast forward a year, six months even, and then I had Instagram had grown 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers. 
And so a year passed and then I reached, I think it was 25K, 25, 30K. This was pre-real. So everything was like post-driven, which is different now. And here I am. It's brought an incredible amount of opportunities. The discoverability through Instagram has been through the roof. I just like still can't wrap my head around it. And all I can say is stick to my guns and staying true to myself has just been everything in the last two years. Lita, this is so unusual for me that I am <laughs> speechless, right? I'm someone, you know, I can talk to a wall. That is the longest I have been quiet in a very long time. <laughs> you know, I'm a note taker. I've been writing this whole time and it's like, what an incredible journey my mind is blown. And you know what? And I've known you for, I guess, like more than six months now, maybe almost a year. And I think the thing that I didn't even know, here's where like my jaw is like down on the floor. (laughs) I didn't realize that like Instagram was a new thing for you. I (laughs) thought that was something you'd been doing since the beginning of time. And I, I actually pulled my highlighter out because it was like really, it was almost an accident. It was like that the website was like, hey, maybe you should link something here. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so incredible. <laughs> I have a really specific question for you. You were saying how like when you started, it was like before Reels. And yeah. so I'm wondering, um, because I talk to women a lot on this podcast about like making pivots and pivoting with times and pivoting with trends. Mm-hmm. When the real feature came up, did you see that and you were like, oh, I know I need to do that? Or did you wait a couple of weeks to see how it would play out? And like, were you naturally drawn to that? Like, did that feel like a good fit for your personality? Mm-hmm. Like, what were your thoughts when that feature came out? Wow. I have pivoted hard since those came out. I had a method. I had like a grid on my right. Instagram. I liked the organization. And initially that was good for me because it like helped me plan and gather my thoughts and prep my week. Like, right. oh, this week I'm just going to do a static post. This week send yep. me a video. This week send me this. And like, I like that. And it was pretty and it was nice. and It was organized. But they say you should ditch that at this point. And it's like too rigid. You know, it doesn't like yep. create. And it doesn't like... So I finally let that go. I was even to the point where I started creating, but then the cover would still match the grid. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So I'm just like, I'm a very organized person. I wanted it to look professional. I wanted it to look nice. So when that reels came out, my video form leading up to that was a carousel post of a handful of exercises. And with like a short blurb, my first one sentence or two in my first slide, which usually people will just like have a cover and then exercises, but my first like 10 seconds would or even five seconds would be shoulder pain, X, Y, Z might happen with this. Here are a few exercises to help. So it was very much similar to the real layout. The only thing is time, right? Reels, carousel posts, you can post up to a minute, I think historically, or 30 seconds. And I was keeping that into single exercises. And now reels came about and I had to fit my list. My thing has been trying to fit too much in a single post consistently because okay. I believe we can't oversimplify the body. And that's like the gray area with Instagram for physical therapy is like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's all you're putting. Like, what about the disclaimer? What about when the pain's like this? What about it's like that? So I take that very seriously. So my captions are always like long. They explain a lot. I add modifications for the exercises. I tried to cover a lot of ground. And honestly, that was more work for myself. And I probably could have 
put just simple three things, but it was too simple for me. So that was my only thing. So I had to learn how to fit all of that in a 30 second reel. Right. And initially that was like, I was probably fitting like six, like really quick exercises in 30 seconds. And wow. I finally, like after a year learned what people could take in, in 30 seconds, how they learn. And I think the Instagram as a whole, the people using it started getting more used to reels too. Yeah. Cause when it first came out, everyone was like, this is too fast. Like I can't, I can't keep up with this, but now it's kind of the norm. So now yeah. they're, they're a little bit more open to learning. So I was like, I know it's fast. I'm sorry, but like, we kind of have to, if we want this, right. our content to be pushed out. <laughs> so there was that. I started thinking about other content I could use as well, whether it was like a more of a funny reel or an informative one. When like I created this extra persona that you might see, and it's like, that's me as the physical therapist and then other me as the other over eager patient. And there's humor in it and there's sass in it and there's sarcasm. And I started just like letting that sort of run as myself and my personality. And apparently people were saying my personality shows. And initially I didn't know that was ever possible. What do you mean you could tell someone's personality through Instagram? <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Everyone's like, no, no, no. Like you could, it totally comes through. I can tell you this, I can tell you that. I'm like, uh, okay. Well, I guess it is. <laughs> I just like, I couldn't deal with like the very stoic physical therapy, do this for back pain, do this for shoulder pain. Don't do this. If you are running, I just, it's not my style. I think pain sucks enough. I think pain, right. If someone's looking on Instagram, they're uncertain. They're probably trying to learn. They don't need to be like more stressed out of like the way right. my not why not make them smile in the process if you can and like right. bring them in. So that's my whole approach. And I think when reels came out, I really started to embrace that a little bit more because it wasn't just a feed post anymore. There was like, it's a short film. <laughs> what do you think your reaction would have been like at the outset of your journey when like the day you were setting up your website? What if someone had told you like, hey, a couple months from now, you know, in order to pull this off, you're going to have to be doing these short videos all the time. Like, would that have surprised you? Or like, what do you think your reaction might have been to that? My reaction is what it usually is when there's something that pops off and it would have initially old me and that would be resist until I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, no, I, can I, relate. I won't do that. I'll be fine about <laughs> it. Okay. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. Like, like I said, I don't like change unless I get thrust into it and I have to embrace it. But now I welcome change. I'm excited, but it's like, I'm a, I'm a completely different person than I was two years ago. I think right. when it comes to this kind of thing. So you mentioned being a completely different person than two years ago. Like um, it's obvious how your Instagram feed has evolved set against the backdrop of the world we live in and, and the formats that are doing best, like, what are some of like the, the personal changes, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, like, have you adopted any different mindsets since, since starting to work for yourself and setting up your own yes. online business? What's different? I've really learned to appreciate my self-worth a lot more than in the past. Okay. I've not only like I, I welcome change and I'm less scared about it. And I'm less like X, Y, Z when it comes to new things. But when it comes to me as a person and me as a physical therapist, 
I think I've now learned to appreciate myself and my treatment style and my identity in that realm because it's very easy. And like most people who work with other clinics for a long time and they're just like, you're kind of on autopilot and you're physical there, you sort of embrace that clinic's persona. You're just like right there. And as it should be, you're a team member and and that's fine. But I realized how strong my own beliefs were that were like underneath all that when I was in a clinic, which sometimes was the reason why I was like, I don't know if I could be here because Mm -hmm. I just felt so strongly about certain things about patient care. And and when I was now no shift to being on my own, I really started to like that that came to light even more. And I became instead of like, I believe in something, I was like a strong advocate for it. And that if mm. I find something that that challenges, for example, name something easier with an example, sure. female athlete triad, athlete triad is historically when someone who's exercising a lot, namely an athlete, doesn't get enough energy inside, like uh, in terms of caloric intake, but they're expending a lot of en- energy in their workouts. So things start to prop up, like for females, it's missed menstrual cycles and yep. stress fractures and hormonal deficits and all, all this stuff comes up. It's not talked about that much in physical therapy, but it affects near a huge portion of athletes. Mm. Disordered eating, eating disorders is there. It's present okay. in sports. And I, as a physical therapist, have the tools to sort of tease things out if I feel like yep. there's a red flag. And I'm someone who's on high alert for that. And I feel like some people are not because it mm. just doesn't get as much of a spotlight as like, you know, your typical muscle strain or ACR suspected like mechanical pain generator. Yeah. But like, what if there's someone's life stressors? Are they even eating right? Did you even ask about their food? How's their relationship with food? Do they work out because they are a competitive athlete or are they working out because they are competing with their prior body of themselves? Like, so there's all this stuff that I just was made me as physical therapist, things I was interested in when I left, I was like, holy shit, this is who I am. And, and I will like fight till the end for it. (laughs) And if anyone tries to like say something against it, I'm like, well, let's talk about this. If you don't think it's important, have a seat, let's chat. So I realized like these things that made me started to show up more. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Actually. I mean, and the majority of the audience of this podcast is women. So thank you for mentioning. I have heard of the female athlete triad. Like I, when you said that, I feel like I've just seen it online. Um, but thank you for using that as an example and explaining what that is. So if, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly from your example, it sounds like that by like having your own business, having your own platform, right? It makes you, it puts you in more of a position to become an advocate for certain issues Uh versus, I don't know, either being on the sidelines or participating less proactively. That sounds really, really, really awesome. So female athlete triad, that's really cool. I'll look on your feed for more info about that. Do you find that there are one or two things that people are always looking for when they come to your page, or is it more of a mixture of things? I've learned it's a little bit of a mixture. I've now like started to really understand my audience and my community. And I'm really grateful that whatever I've done has formed that sense of community where people can talk and it's like a familiar, it's the one thing I did not want to be was just a page of exercises with no person attached to it. That was like my hard no. Right. And so the fact that I know, like I, I know, I feel like I know my followers and like 
I don't like to call them followers. I just like community members. (laughs) Yep. They usually they're it's the person who's really active or who wants to be really active, who's interested in learning about their body, who is interested in furthering what they know know about their body and who wants to sort of navigate injury on their own. And the biggest thing is they're willing to learn. Everyone here is really interested in learning, which is like basically my ideal client, because the hardest part is finding someone who just is adamant about their workout, but wants the quick fix. Right. I feel like a lot of people around my page, they sort of understand while they hope for the quickest fix, they get it that it's right. The body is what it is. And I, I'm just like, so grateful for that because yep. that's one of the biggest barriers in physical therapy. So to know that I've created this community and fostered it so that people are just just so cool and so real and willing to learn is, oh, it's the best. So it sounds like some of the people in your audience community are people who they want to learn, they want to be active or they are active and they understand that results do not come overnight. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Okay. So what if I am, and I am in your audience. So here we go. This is perfect. I'm active. I like being active and I'm willing to learn. (laughs) So I come to your page um, not expecting immediate snap your fingers results. And I'm looking to make some healthy lifestyle improvements or up levels. What are three things I can do every day, just straight out the gate to just up level my well being? Okay. My first is to make sure you have a form of movement that you enjoy so much as to you can do it for life consistently, whatever that looks like. Movement or movements. It doesn't have to be one. It could be a few, obviously a few things. Love it. That's one thing. My first thing. The second thing is to make sure you are paying attention to your body and tuning into what it needs and how it responds when you're overworked and when it's time Mm. to rest. The minute people can deduce when it's time to push versus when it's time to rest, you're already at an advantage of figuring out the system for longevity. Good. So movement, your approach to listening to your body. And I think the third, I think the third would be to have a few go-to moves for whatever you feel like is your weakest point or whatever you feel like is your least known body part slash injury slash the thing that worries you most about your body, the thing that you're concerned about. Have three things that you can do consistently or three ways that you can approach caring for that, whether it's adding exercises or adding some mobility stretches or doing something for it every day. And that could range for a few things. Maybe it's your mind, maybe it's your shoulder, maybe it's your back. But if you can have that on like the backup list for when things do hit the fan, then you're going to be in a much better shape. And sometimes it takes an assessment and working with physical therapists to figure out what are those things that I should just keep on deck. But if you have that, which I strongly like encourage people to do, then you're in a really good spot. I really appreciate that third one. It's like have those go-to moves in your back pocket that, that address the thing that feels challenging so that it's like you can address that proactively on a regular basis mm-hmm. rather than like waiting till the point of injury right. or waiting until something is really painful. That's yeah. a really, really helpful mindset. Lita, yeah, if if I could ask a more personal question, like what about 
you and your experience and relationship to your own body? Like, have you had any experiences or injuries that have really informed the way you work with clients or that have changed the way you approach physical therapy? Yes, there's actually a few. So my background when it comes to movement is I played competitive volleyball growing up. I played club volleyball. It was like, that was, you know, took up my free time as a teen and moving in. In college, I went straight to a four-year. So I didn't play there, but I played in Amarillo's and I, that was where I started to learn. I chose my major exercise and sports science. And it wasn't until college where I realized, oh, I don't have a sport that just keeps me fit anymore, (laughs) which I think every athlete ever comes to that realization at some point, because when you're playing your sport, you practice three, five times a week, you train and everything is just there. You don't have to worry about adding a workout and what people, I had to go to the gym now, which was so foreign to me. All I knew were volleyball workouts. It was like, and I, I know people relate to this. So finally in college, I, I went to, I started going to the gym, started slowly embracing, and then I started learning about the body and how cool it was and really started appreciating it. Like I was interested, but then I was like, this is amazing. After a few like added classes, I started to embrace working out as a whole and staying healthy and moving that way. I moved into personal training in my year in between undergrad and PT school. And so I was a personal trainer there. And while I was a personal trainer, I was really involved. Like I was getting oxygen magazine, fitness magazine, shape magazine. I was really into it. I was thinking eating healthy, but my, this is, I'm almost embarrassed to say it now because I've changed so much, but I used to joke that my like reason why I worked out was so that I could eat whatever I wanted to. And it's like, it was funny at the moment when you're like 18 to 22, unless it's, you know, drastic affecting you seriously. But looking back, I'm like, that was so not the way to approach movement and not, and it was kind of society's fault as a whole. And like, just the idea of no days off and no pain, no gain and like show up and push yourself and hustle. And I think that's changed a lot over the last 10 years. And I was fully in that mentality. Like I was working out five, six days a week. When I was at the gym as a personal trainer, I'd work out between clients. I would, oh, I'm tired. Just chug some pre-workout and get on the treadmill anyways. Like who cares? Yeah. I felt like I was really fit and I wasn't amazing shape, but I was like, my body just like, my mind revolved around like, it was almost, it was too, it was just too much. And it wasn't, it, it didn't affect me that much at the moment. However, when I took that mentality through PT school and through my next job, that was really tiring. And I was on my feet for 10 to 12 hours a day, really high volume. Like I was exhausted Mm. and I was still with that mentality of, oh, I have a quick lunch break, drink my pre-workout, get a little lunch in and just like work out and then go stand on my feet for another six hours. Yeah. So the fact that that mentality was like bred as on 19, uh, was it 21? And I took it through my first three years of work as a physical therapist. I started getting sick. I started like, I was continuously fighting something. I felt like I was always tired. I, my weekends would hit and it's like, okay, time to go see my friends. I just was like on yep. constant go, 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 go. And then I truly, it wasn't until after the pandemic where I realized, oh my God, that was so unhealthy to be on overdrive all that much. While I was telling my patients to listen to their body, I was just going, going nonstop. And I just, looking back, I'm like, I get it. But that's why I'm I'm sort of 
this leads into my next thing is I don't want to really go back to that intensity of a work life because it's just not sustainable. If you have it in you, which I did my early first, like four years out of PT school, for sure. Like knock them out, get my reps in, whatever. But now (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I was wondering why I I couldn't fight off these colds or I kept dealing with something. And so that was my, the biggest change is my relationship with movement and exercise and honoring the fact that you don't have to go super hard every time. And like with supplements to help if you're tired, mm-hmm. come on, right? Like just if, if your body is screaming at you to slow down, then slow down. A day will not mess with your gains. It will be fine. Get your night's sleep. And so that's where I'm at now. I am so grateful to you for sharing this story. And this conversation we're having is for any woman it doesn't have to be a woman interested in PT. It doesn't have to be a woman with an injured shoulder. Something you said that I wrote down in my notes and highlighted is that you were telling your patients to listen to their body. And in the same day, you weren't able to do that for yourself. And I just feel like people are going to listen to this. I mean, I choked up a little bit while you were saying that because (laughs) like, you know, I've been a spiritual teacher and I've worked in health and well being for so many years. And it's like, why are we so good at giving permission for those things to the people we care about? But then, like, we can't see that we're not doing it for ourselves. Looking back now, are you able to give any advice to anyone listening on, like, how can we catch that in ourselves sooner? Or like, are there any signs that we can look yeah. for that like, hey, you need to do this for yourself now? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because this is one of the bigger topics that I, like I said, I'm really passionate about on my page is the concept of overtraining yeah. and overstressing the body. And people always think that that only has to come in a form of physical exhaustion and physical overtraining. But the nervous system is the nervous system and the nervous yeah. system is king. And you can be mentally on overdrive and still be exhausted. So I could be doing all the right things. I could be doing all my rehab exercises. Right. I could be showing up every day, doing them, checking my boxes. But if my sleep is garbage and my life stressors are just like on override and my heart rate is, my body is not going to be able to juggle all those things. So it's basically adding another thing of overtraining to it. Right. Body doesn't entirely know the difference between good stress and bad stress, right. sympathetic and parasympathetic. There's all these nervous systems. So there's that idea. And so one of the biggest things I tell people, physically what we can track for overtraining syndrome is, or at least what we call in the short-term overreaching, which is that short-term, it's not that bad, but if it goes after six months, then you're into something. Got it. That you need. And the first sign is an elevated resting heart rate, oh. which is interesting because you could have an elevated resting heart rate for a few reasons, whether it's just the system that's being overworked, or maybe it is your mind and your anxiety and that kind of thing that's elevated. Regardless, both of those point to slowing down. Okay. Right. So you do have to catch yourself. So I always like to tune into have people tune into that. If you find that an injury is nagging and it's just not healing and you're doing all the mostly right things and it's still not getting better, you might want to look at your routine. You might want to look at your sleep. My first question when I have patients and they're like, I have more pain now than I did. And I didn't do anything different. Mm. First question, how's your sleep been? Mm. Actually, it's been horrible. It's if, 
If it's poor quality, if it's poor quantity, if it's poor consistency, all of those things can impact your healing times. Wow. We like overlook these because they're such low hanging fruit, proper nutrition, proper sleep, proper stress management. But it's like continuously we've learned over time. It's so funny because you'll see the research papers like what recovery tool do I need? Do I need the massage gun? Do I need the pneumatic device? Do I need this? Do I need that? And every research article, like, because they start looking at it, nothing compares to sleep, nutrition, and stress management. Ultimately, (sighs) the best recovery that you can do for yourself. It's that easy and it's that hard, right? So it's, it's so easy. It's easy when we see it, right? When you say it, but then it's also like society's constructs are all the things that prevent us from good sleep, good nutrition, good stress management. Precisely. I really appreciate the holistic approach that that you take, even to this entire conversation and the way you (laughs) answer questions, right? Because it's like someone looks at what you're all about first glance. It looks it looks purely physical, right? Because it is a physical modality, but behind everything is this thoughtfulness and this integration of the role the mind plays. So since we're talking about holistic things here, um, you know, what do you wish women talked about more often? Like it could be about PT, but it could be about anything else. Like how could we be helping each other as like a collective community of women if there was thing we addressed more often? I think we as a community need to talk about giving permission to each other more to slow down Mm -hmm. and like tune into our needs. I think us as women in today's world, if you're doing anything, you're probably driven. You're probably really accomplished. You've probably put in the work and the hours. I get it. We have to, we have to do a little bit more every time because there's still a stupid wage gap. Yep. It's still there. Yeah. So I think if we can do a better job at supporting one another, empowering others, but also being like, dude, take a break, go relax. You're killing it. Yeah. It's something that we need more because I get, I love empowering others and hyping girls up, but I also want to hype everyone up to recover just as hard as they were. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to wait now. I want to see a hashtag and a whole series of posts about this, hyping <laughs> each other up to slow down. <laughs> yeah. I just, I everyone love that. is just so, women are so badass and it's so empowering and I think part of that is being on Athletawa, like with a bunch of other yep. like-minded women who are just so accomplished and so passionate about making other people achieve their highest well-being. It is so empowering to be in that group, but we're all working so hard. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. And that's like as a whole, it's not just Athletawa. I mean, we all like preach, practice what we preach, but I think just society as a whole, I'm being on social media. I see a lot of it. Yeah. It's like women working really hard. There's that hustle, that grind. There's all this stuff. We need to talk about the fact that we are doing this well and that we still are allowed breaks. <laughs> this sounds like a really great opportunity. You and the women that you're working with over on Athleta Well platform, it's like you have already excelled so much in like the empowerment and uplifting. It's like now maybe the bunch of you are in a really unique position to help normalize rest and relaxation oh, yeah. and recharging. And that's really exciting. I'm excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm amped up about slowing down. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's really cool. Hey, Lita, I'm afraid to use the word like normal or back to normal, but you know, we're, it feels like we're in this stage of the pandemic where lots of things are reopening and lots of people are going back to work. What does that look like for you now with your online modalities? Like, are you going back to work? Are some things staying the same? Is this another pivot? What's in store for you the next couple of weeks and months? I'm sort of in the works of figuring out if I'm going to go back to a clinic part-time. I ultimately do. I want to be partially in a clinic, either for myself or for someone else. But I, I do have all these exciting projects I can't give full-time. So I, I sort of have to figure out what my next move is because I want it to accompany the life I've made and the life I have in mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just any part-time job. It's a part-time job with the flexibility that I can sort of continue to do all this. It's hard. Um, and it's like, will I even find that? Am I just going to have to go solo or like, you know, Lita, I'm chuckling because that is my dream. <laughs> and it has been the part of my dream that eludes me. Like, what I really want in my life is a part-time job and be a part-time solopreneur for so many reasons. Like there's pros and cons to each one. And what I have found on my journey so far is, is that the universe asks me to like do one, take a break from the other one, then pivot again, you know, reallocate energy. So I've been sending out vibes to the universe essentially that I want everything all at the same time, but in more manageable ratios. So that's why I was chuckling over here. That's right. I've sort of just been like, whatever's supposed to happen will happen. I don't know. Thank you. I needed to hear that because I'm the crazy Capricorn planner. So I think (laughs) I needed to hear you say, you know, it'll, it'll work out. Dude, I have learned to accept that now (laughs) after the pandemic, you cannot plan anything. You can plan to change plans. All right. I'm going to put that on a post-it note. You can plan (laughs) to change plans. That's what I can plan on. Seriously. There's like, I wanted all this stuff. It's just so, I don't know. Like you put it in the universe. Yeah. You think you want something and then something else happens and it's like kind of related to the thing you want, but it might be better. And then it's like, I don't know. Right. We have to trust that the manifestation that actually comes into being is the universe knows better what we need. Like I had to try somehow looking back and being not finding a job during those, like from Mm -hmm. March of the pandemic to December, really, that's the longest I've ever been unemployed. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, Oh, thank God that happened. So I don't know. Right. Who knows? Right. Just know that it's, it's whatever is happening now is for your next move. Just try to find peace in that. (laughs) Oh, who Freaking knows what's gonna happen anymore. Who freaking, it, knows? <laughs> Who freaking knows? What are you most excited about over the next couple of weeks? Anything exciting? Well, I'm sort of at that crossroads of whether or not I would join a clinic or not. So we'll see. Okay. Um, All right. I'll have to figure that out. If it's a win, I'll join a team for a bit. If it's not a right fit, then I'll probably dive a little harder into my own stuff. Yep. We'll be watching. I've been getting requests for a YouTube channel and an app, but I don't know if I can handle that right now. (laughs) TBD, if that will ever come to to life. TBD. Those all sound really exciting. And and the universe knows which one is is the right option. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Lita, let me ask you some faster questions. I love these. 
What's your favorite thing about living in the Bay, in the Bay Area? Oh, I love the diversity. Mm-hmm. And I love the, <laughs> I love the food. <laughs> yeah, but I, love, I, love, no, I love the food and I love the proximity to every different kind of weather I, I like. Like I can go to the I beach, know. I can go to San Francisco, I can go in the South Bay, it's warmer, I can go to Tahoe, drive to LA, anything you want. What do they say? You can ski in the morning and surf in the afternoon. Yeah, you really, it's wild. And I love how, um, how real everyone is here. That's, yep. that's what I love the most. And I've been in Oakland for almost 10 years now. And I sort of moved there, like when San Francisco was on the up the up for all the time. Right. Stuff. I was like, this is different right. than when I was in college. <laughs> Although I think it's leveled out a little, but there was a point where I just was like, I cannot be here anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a scene. Oh my gosh. Remember like 2000 and gosh, what was it? 2012 to like 2015. It was like, okay, is everyone here working for Uber? Like, <laughs> See, I moved, it's funny you said that because I moved to the Bay in 2012. For, oh. Like I drove from the East Coast and I was like, where am I? What is this? <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate it. But yeah. Oakland is like, uh, it was just so refreshing. I've been there for so long now and it's, I just love everything about the Bay Area, specifically Oakland and San Francisco. What's your favorite food? You mentioned food. Oh my gosh. I could eat Italian until there was nothing else left. Oh yeah. (laughs) I love Italian. I'd say Italian, Mexican, and then probably like sushi. Yeah. Italian on on repeat. If you put any sort of carbs with a red sauce, I'm like there. It could be anything. (laughs) I'm all about the red sauce. Love the red sauce. So good. Do you have any travel goals in 2022? I wish I did, but I, well, I'm going to Joshua Tree, actually. Oh, cool. For the first time. I'm going to Joshua Tree with some friends for a birthday in September. But honestly, I'm more, my year is dedicated towards weddings. (laughs) So it's a wedding year. It's a wedding year. I have four weddings that I'm going to. So that's most of my travel is like kind of. For them but ultimately I would love to go to Europe again that would be great any specific country Italy <laughs> Italy Spain why did Portugal. I ask that okay <laughs> Italy so you can I have love, all the Italian love, food. love love Italy I thought it was so cool Florence was beautiful I went once and I was like I could go there all the time we went for our honeymoon we didn't go to Florence so next time oh, yeah yeah so great Lita, is there a little known fact about you that surprises people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm Persian and no one ever knows. If they have other Persian friends or Iranian American friends. They can kind of figure it out. But if they've never met one, they look at me and they're like, oh, you are with my dark curly hair and like uh-huh. whatever. And I speak Spanish fluently and I really enjoy things that are Spanish and Mexican food and Mexican soccer teams, Mexican uh-huh. movies. I just like... So they get really thrown off all the time. Like, well, you're, you're Persian. I thought you were like half white, half anything mm-hmm. in South America, or mm-hmm. anything Mexican. So they always mm-hmm. get thrown off and they're always surprised. Or I, I think I've gotten like, I actually rarely get Middle Eastern as a first guess. So oh, that's always surprising to people. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't even think Instagram knows yet. <laughs> right. You could say, thanks for following along all this time. By the way, I'm Persian. Yeah. yeah. Finally, is there a mantra or affirmation that you repeat to yourself over and over again? 
what is there like a a guiding phrase that helps you through your everyday and and making some of the bigger decisions I think it revolves around the whatever's supposed to happen will happen yeah that's sort of what I leave to and then there's also the this too shall pass which in Farsi yep. is in these books which is the same thing my grandpa would always say it to me whenever something like hit the wall and I was upset about something I just hear him in my mind my mom says it all the time so there's that I like that, that one just, it replays and then also whatever's supposed to happen will happen I love that I love that a friendly reminder that everything is temporary right yeah everything actually one of my cousins I remember a long time ago when she was like deciding what she should do for a career. She was like, yeah, I'll do that for now. For now. She just kept saying for now. I was like, what do you mean for now? She goes, everything is for now. And I was like, oh, that's uh, right. For now. <laughs> wow. I just like looking at my eyes just started welling up with tears because I'm the, the chronic scheduler and I, I'm the calendar queen. I'm like, just imagine the amount of pressure that we would take off of ourselves if we actually live that way. <laughs> I fully agree. So I've learned to let go a little bit. Oh, I really appreciate that. Lita, I appreciate those wise words and I appreciate you sharing your story with us today you are on the so podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm going to close us out. This has been a Tune and Align podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations. And more importantly, thank you for taking the time to tune into the power of your own dream. We'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our socials. Follow Marissa Lavalette and follow Dr. Malik ET and post your questions for Lita and for both of our communities in our feeds. Tag us whenever you're taking action to attune to your heart and align your life. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in the life of your dreams. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her communities and in her relationships. When you live your best life and share your unique gift, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your lights.